part two chapter one section four and five of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter one night section four perhaps he imagined as he made his exit that as soon as he was left alone nikolai vsyevolodovitch would begin beating on the wall with his fists and no doubt he would have been glad to see this if that had been possible but if so he was greatly mistaken nikolai vsyevolodovitch was still calm he remained standing for two minutes in the same position by the table apparently plunged in thought but soon a cold and listless smile came on to his lips he slowly sat down again in the same place in the corner of the sofa and shut his eyes as though from weariness the corner of the letter was still peeping from under the paperweight but he didn't even move to cover it he soon sank into complete forgetfulness when pyotr stepanovitch went out without coming to see her as he had promised varvara petrovna who had been worn out by anxiety during these days could not control herself and ventured to visit her son herself though it was not her regular time she was still haunted by the idea that he would tell her something conclusive she knocked at the door gently as before and again receiving no answer she opened the door seeing that nikolai vsyevolodovitch was sitting strangely motionless she cautiously advanced to the sofa with a throbbing heart she seemed struck by the fact that he could fall asleep so quickly and that he could sleep sitting like that so erect and motionless so that his breathing even was scarcely perceptible his face was pale and forbidding but it looked as it were numb and rigid his brows were somewhat contracted and frowning he positively had the look of a lifeless wax figure she stood over him for about three minutes almost holding her breath and suddenly she was seized with terror she withdrew on tiptoe stopped at the door hurriedly made the sign of the cross over him and retreated unobserved with a new oppression and a new anguish at her heart he slept a long while more than an hour and still in the same rigid pose not a muscle of his face twitched there was not the faintest movement in his whole body and his brows were still contracted in the same forbidding frown if varvara petrovna had remained another three minutes she could not have endured the stifling sensation that this motionless lethargy roused in her and would have waked him but he suddenly opened his eyes and sat for ten minutes as immovable as before staring persistently and curiously as though at some object in the corner which had struck him although there was nothing new or striking in the room suddenly there rang out the low deep note of the clock on the wall with some uneasiness he turned to look at it but almost at the same moment the other door opened and the butler alexey yegorytch came in he had in one hand a greatcoat a scarf and a hat and in the other a silver tray with a note on it half past nine he announced softly and laying the other things on a chair he held out the tray with the note a scrap of paper unsealed and scribbled in pencil glancing through it nikolai vsyevolodovitch took a pencil from the table added a few words and put the note back on the tray take it back as soon as i have gone out and now dress me he said getting up from the sofa noticing that he had on a light velvet jacket he thought a minute and told the man to bring him a cloth coat which he wore on more ceremonious occasions at last when he was dressed and had put on his hat 
he locked the door by which his mother had come into the room took the letter from under the paperweight and without saying a word went out into the corridor followed by alexey yegoritch from the corridor they went down the narrow stone steps of the back stairs to a passage which opened straight into the garden in the corner stood a lantern and a big umbrella owing to the excessive rain the mud in the streets is beyond anything alexey yegoritch announced making a final effort to deter his master from the expedition but opening his umbrella the latter went without a word into the damp and sodden garden which was dark as a cellar the wind was roaring and tossing the bare treetops the little sandy paths were wet and slippery alexey yegoritch walked along as he was bareheaded in his swallow-tail coat lighting up the path for about three steps before them with the lantern won't it be noticed nikolai vsyevolodovitch asked suddenly not from the windows besides i have seen to all that already the old servant answered in quiet and measured tones has my mother retired her excellency locked herself in at nine o'clock as she has done the last few days and there is no possibility of her knowing anything at what hour am i to expect your honour at one or half-past not later than two yes sir crossing the garden by the winding paths that they both knew by heart they reached the stone wall and there in the farthest corner found a little door which led out into a narrow and deserted lane and was always kept locked it appeared that alexey yegoritch had the key in his hand won't the door creak nikolai vsyevolodovitch inquired again but alexey yegoritch informed him that it had been oiled yesterday as well as to-day he was by now wet through unlocking the door he gave the key to nikolai vsyevolodovitch if it should be your pleasure to be taking a distant walk i would warn your honour that i am not confident of the folk here especially in the back lanes and especially beyond the river he could not resist warning him again he was an old servant who had been like a nurse to nikolai vsyevolodovitch and at one time used to dandle him in his arms he was a grave and severe man who was fond of listening to religious discourse and reading books of devotion don't be uneasy alexey yegoritch may god's blessing rest on you sir but only in your righteous undertakings what said nikolai vsyevolodovitch stopping short in the lane alexey yegoritch resolutely repeated his words he had never before ventured to express himself in such language in his master's presence nikolai vsyevolodovitch locked the door put the key in his pocket and crossed the lane sinking five or six inches into the mud at every step he came out at last into a long deserted street he knew the town like the five fingers of his hand but bogoyavlensky street was a long way off it was past ten when he stopped at last before the locked gates of the dark old house that belonged to filipov the ground floor had stood empty since the lebyadkins had left it and the windows were boarded up but there was a light burning in shatov's room on the second floor as there was no bell he began banging on the gate with his hand a window was opened and shatov peeped out into the street it was terribly dark and difficult to make out anything shatov was peering out for some time about a minute is that you he asked suddenly yes replied the uninvited guest shatov slammed the window went downstairs and opened the gate nikolai vsyevolodovitch stepped over the high sill and without a word passed by him straight into kirillov's lodge section five
there everything was unlocked and all the doors stood open the passage and the first two rooms were dark but there was a light shining in the last in which kirillov lived and drank tea and laughter and strange cries came from it nikolai vsyevolodovitch went towards the light but stood still in the doorway without going in there was tea on the table in the middle of the room stood the old woman who was a relation of the landlord she was bareheaded and was dressed in a petticoat and a hareskin jacket and her stockingless feet were thrust into slippers in her arms she had an eighteen months old baby with nothing on but its little shirt with bare legs flushed cheeks and ruffled white hair it had only just been taken out of the cradle it seemed to have just been crying there were still tears in its eyes but at that instant it was stretching out its little arms clapping its hands and laughing with a sob as little children do kirillov was bouncing a big red india-rubber ball on the floor before it the ball bounced up to the ceiling and back to the floor the baby shrieked baw baw kirillov caught the ball and gave it to it the baby threw it itself with its awkward little hands and kirillov ran to pick it up again at last the ball rolled under the cupboard baw baw cried the child kirillov lay down on the floor trying to reach the ball with his hand under the cupboard nikolai vsyevolodovitch went into the room the baby caught sight of him nestled against the old woman and went off into a prolonged infantile wail the woman immediately carried it out of the room stavrogin said kirillov beginning to get up from the floor with the ball in his hand and showing no surprise at the unexpected visit will you have tea he rose to his feet i should be very glad of it if it's hot said nikolai vsyevolodovitch i'm wet through it's hot nearly boiling in fact kirillov declared delighted sit down you're muddy but that's nothing i'll mop up the floor later nikolai vsyevolodovitch sat down and emptied the cup he handed him almost at a gulp some more asked kirillov no thank you kirillov who had not sat down till then seated himself facing him and inquired why have you come on business here read this letter from gaganov do you remember i talked to you about him in petersburg kirillov took the letter read it laid it on the table and looked at him expectantly as you know i met this gaganov for the first time in my life a month ago in petersburg nikolai vsyevolodovitch began to explain we came across each other two or three times in company with other people without making my acquaintance and without addressing me he managed to be very insolent to me i told you so at the time but now for something you don't know as he was leaving petersburg before i did he sent me a letter not like this one yet impertinent in the highest degree and what was queer about it was that it contained no sort of explanation of why it was written i answered him at once also by letter and said quite frankly that he was probably angry with me on account of the incident with his father four years ago in the club here and that i for my part was prepared to make him every possible apology seeing that my action was unintentional and was the result of illness i begged him to consider and accept my apologies he went away without answering and now here i find him in a regular fury several things he has said about me in public have been repeated to me absolutely abusive and making astounding charges against me finally to-day i get this letter a letter such as no one has ever had before i should think containing such expressions as the punch you got in your ugly face i came in the hope that you would not refuse to be my second 
you said no one has ever had such a letter observed kirillov they may be sent in a rage such letters have been written more than once pushkin wrote to hekern all right i'll come tell me how nikolai vsyevolodovitch explained that he wanted it to be to-morrow and that he must begin by renewing his offers of apology and even with the promise of another letter of apology but on condition that gaganov on his side should promise to send no more letters the letter he had received he would regard as unwritten too much concession you won't agree said kirillov i've come first of all to find out whether you would consent to be the bearer of such terms i'll take them it's your affair but he won't agree i know he won't agree he wants to fight say how you'll fight the point is that i want the thing settled to-morrow by nine o'clock in the morning you must be at his house he'll listen and won't agree but will put you in communication with his second let us say about eleven you will arrange things with him and let us all be on the spot by one or two o'clock please try to arrange that the weapons of course will be pistols and i particularly beg you to arrange to fix the barriers at ten paces apart then you put each of us ten paces from the barrier and at a given signal we approach each must go right up to his barrier but you may fire before on the way i believe that's all ten paces between the barriers is very near observed kirillov well twelve then but not more you understand that he wants to fight in earnest do you know how to load a pistol i do i've got pistols i'll give my word that you've never fired them his second will give his word about his there'll be two pairs of pistols and we'll toss up his or ours excellent would you like to look at the pistols very well kirillov squatted on his heels before the trunk in the corner which he had never yet unpacked though things had been pulled out of it as required he pulled out from the bottom a palm-wood box lined with red velvet and from it took out a pair of smart and very expensive pistols i've got everything powder bullets cartridges i've a revolver besides wait he stooped down to the trunk again and took out a six-chambered american revolver you've got weapons enough and very good ones very extremely kirillov who was poor almost destitute though he never noticed his poverty was evidently proud of showing precious weapons which he had certainly obtained with great sacrifice you still have the same intentions stavrogin asked after a moment's silence and with a certain wariness yes answered kirillov shortly guessing at once from his voice what he was asking about and he began taking the weapons from the table when nikolai vsyevolodovitch inquired still more cautiously after a pause in the meantime kirillov had put both the boxes back in his trunk and sat down in his place again that doesn't depend on me as you know when they tell me he muttered as though disliking the question but at the same time with evident readiness to answer any other question he kept his black lustreless eyes fixed continually on stavrogin with a calm but warm and kindly expression in them i understand shooting oneself of course nikolai vsyevolodovitch began suddenly frowning a little after a dreamy silence that lasted three minutes i sometimes have thought of it myself and then there always came a new idea if one did something wicked or worse still something shameful that is disgraceful only very shameful and ridiculous such as people would remember for a thousand years and hold in scorn for a thousand years and suddenly the thought comes one blow in the temple and there would be nothing more 
one wouldn't care then for men and they would hold one in scorn for a thousand years would one you call that a new idea said kirillov after a moment's thought i didn't call it so but when i thought it i felt it as a new idea you felt the idea observed kirillov that's good there are lots of ideas that are always there and yet suddenly become new that's true i see a great deal now as though it were for the first time suppose you had lived in the moon stavrogin interrupted not listening but pursuing his own thought and suppose there you had done all these nasty and ridiculous things you know from here for certain that they will laugh at you and hold you in scorn for a thousand years as long as the moon lasts but now you are here and looking at the moon from here you don't care here for anything you've done there and that the people there will hold you in scorn for a thousand years do you i don't know answered kirillov i've not been in the moon he added without any irony simply to state the fact whose baby was that just now the old woman's mother-in-law was here no daughter-in-law it's all the same three days she's lying ill with the baby it cries a lot at night it's the stomach the mother sleeps but the old woman picks it up i play ball with it the ball's from hamburg i bought it in hamburg to throw it and catch it it strengthens the spine it's a girl are you fond of children i am answered kirillov though rather indifferently then you're fond of life yes i'm fond of life what of it though you've made up your mind to shoot yourself what of it why connect it life's one thing and that's another life exists but death doesn't at all you've begun to believe in a future eternal life no not in a future eternal life but in eternal life here there are moments you reach moments and time suddenly stands still and it will become eternal you hope to reach such a moment yes that'll scarcely be possible in our time nikolai vsyevolodovitch responded slowly and as it were dreamily the two spoke without the slightest irony in the apocalypse the angel swears that there will be no more time i know that's very true distinct and exact when all mankind attains happiness then there will be no more time for there'll be no need of it a very true thought where will they put it nowhere time's not an object but an idea it will be extinguished in the mind the old commonplaces of philosophy the same from the beginning of time stavrogin muttered with a kind of disdainful compassion always the same always the same from the beginning of time and never any other kirillov said with sparkling eyes as though there were almost a triumph in that idea you seem to be very happy kirillov yes very happy he answered as though making the most ordinary reply but you were distressed so lately angry with liputin hm i'm not scolding now i didn't know then that i was happy have you seen a leaf a leaf from a tree yes i saw a yellow one lately a little green it was decayed at the edges it was blown by the wind when i was ten years old i used to shut my eyes in the winter on purpose and fancy a green leaf bright with veins on it and the sun shining i used to open my eyes and not believe them because it was very nice and i used to shut them again what's that an allegory no why i'm not speaking of an allegory but of a leaf only a leaf the leaf is good everything's good everything everything man is unhappy because he doesn't know he's happy it's only that 
that's all that's all if anyone finds out he'll become happy at once that minute that mother-in-law will die but the baby will remain it's all good i discovered it all of a sudden and if anyone dies of hunger and if anyone insults and outrages the little girl is that good yes and if anyone blows his brains out for the baby that's good too and if anyone doesn't that's good too it's all good all it's good for all those who know that it's all good if they knew that it was good for them it would be good for them but as long as they don't know it's good for them it will be bad for them that's the whole idea the whole of it when did you find out you were so happy last week on tuesday no wednesday for it was wednesday by that time in the night by what reasoning i don't remember i was walking about the room never mind i stopped my clock it was thirty-seven minutes past two as an emblem of the fact that there will be no more time kirillov was silent they're bad because they don't know they're good when they find out they won't outrage a little girl they'll find out that they're good and they'll all become good every one of them here you found it out so have you become good then i am good that i agree with though stavrogin muttered frowning he who teaches that all are good will end the world he who taught it was crucified he will come and his name will be the man-god the god-man the man-god that's the difference surely it wasn't you lighted the lamp under the icon yes it was i lighted it did you do it believing the old woman likes to have the lamp and she hadn't time to do it to-day muttered kirillov you don't say prayers yourself i pray to everything you see the spider crawling on the wall i look at it and thank it for crawling his eyes glowed again he kept looking straight at stavrogin with firm and unflinching expression stavrogin frowned and watched him disdainfully but there was no mockery in his eyes i'll bet that when i come next time you'll be believing in god too he said getting up and taking his hat why said kirillov getting up too if you were to find out that you believe in god then you'd believe in him but since you don't know that you believe in him then you don't believe in him laughed nikolai vsyevolodovitch that's not right kirillov pondered you've distorted the idea it's a flippant joke remember what you have meant in my life stavrogin good-bye kirillov come at night when will you why haven't you forgotten about tomorrow? ah i'd forgotten don't be uneasy i won't oversleep at nine o'clock i know how to wake up when i want to i go to bed saying seven o'clock and i wake up at seven o'clock ten o'clock and i wake up at ten o'clock you have remarkable powers said nikolai vsyevolodovitch looking at his pale face i'll come and open the gate don't trouble shatov will open it for me ah shatov very well good-bye end of chapter one section five recording by expatriate in bangor maine